0: This episode is brought to you by the Canadian Mental Health Association, York Region, and South Simcoe. CMHA YRSS offers a variety of mental health services and programs, including MOBIES, which is Ontario's first and only mobile health clinic for youth ages 12 to 25. The team offers free mental, physical, and sexual health support, with no referrals or health cards necessary. As an ambassador for the Mental Health in Motion campaign, it is my honor to share these resources with you all. The funds that we raise will help to ensure that programs like MOBI's are available and accessible for those who need them. Participants are invited to run, walk, ride, or choose their own adventure, all while raising money for this important cause. Please join me by going to cmhainmotion.ca slash therevolutionizedmind. To register for the TRM team, donate if you can, track your kilometers, and share the link with family and friends. Thank you for helping me help the community and for bringing awareness, education, and resources to youth mental health. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi, guys. I hope you're having an amazing week. If you're new to the revolutionized mind, welcome and thank you for joining our conversation. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. And I really hope that you're enjoying these guests, these topics, and these conversations about all things mental health. Before I get into this week's topic, I just wanted to remind you that if you're not subscribed to TRM on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to it on, please do so now. And also if you're using iTunes, if you could please rate and review the show, it would mean so much to me. I love seeing your feedback and the reviews and ratings really, really help the show grow. So every action, every follow is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you so much. This week's episode is a little bit different as this podcast isn't just about, you know, sharing people's inspiring stories, but also making sure that you're aware of what's available to you and how you can actually access these resources if you find yourself in a crisis situation or just struggling with your daily mental health. So this is obviously going to be different for everyone depending on where you live, what your situation is, what you're looking for and all that. So I hope in the future we can continue to do episodes on resources specific to different groups of people. That way everybody knows where and how they can get the help that they need. So as stated, I am super excited to be working with the Canadian Mental Health Association. It is a true honor and it feels so rewarding to be partnered with them in such an important cause. So today's resource is geared towards people who live in York Region in South Simcoe, which is where I'm from and where a lot of my listeners live. So I thought it would be great to make you aware of this amazing, amazing resource that youth can use. And I say it's amazing because I truly do wish that there was something like this back when I was in high school because it would have made getting help so much easier and less stigmatized, I think, if it was kind of more prominent in our high school or more affordable and things like that. Even if you don't live in this area, I think this episode is still very beneficial. Jamie, our guest, gives a lot of great tips, suggestions, advice on how to cope with your daily mental health some signs to look for, and when you should actually go to get the help that you need, and how to support someone who might be struggling in your life. So it's really great. I hope you learn a lot from Jamie. He has a lot of expertise working in the mental health field. And I also just don't want people to get turned away by me saying youth mental health, because in this case, Moby's the organization that we're discussing, serves people aged 12 to 25. So that's something that I still fall under. I am 22. I almost forgot my age there. But It still applies to honestly, a majority of my listeners fall in that 18 to 22 range. So I want this to inspire you to do that research. Maybe if you don't live here, like what's available to you where you live or what things you should start to look for in yourself and other people in your life. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please, again, leave me a review, leave me a rating, message me, DM me on Instagram, whatever it is. I love getting your feedback. It reassures me that what I'm doing is actually making a difference and impacting people's lives and just lets me know what you guys want to hear, what you're liking, what you're not liking and stuff like that. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: Hi, Angelica. I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm excited to talk to you about what you do and who you work for. So before we get into all that, would you like to just introduce yourself and explain maybe why you wanted to work in this field?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is uh, I'm Jamie Carlisle. I'm a peer support specialist uh, with the Canadian Mental Health Association, MOBI's team at the uh, York South Simcoe uh, area, and uh, I'm 60 years old. I attended George Brown College, and I took the uh, human service counseling course and graduated uh, in 1992. Um, I have uh, 30 years experience working in the mental health field. I was working for 23 years at Habitat Services supporting people with mental health issues in in the boarding home setting and then started with the Canadian Mental Health Association uh, this past December uh, as a peer support specialist working with youth from uh, the ages of 12 to 25. About 30 years ago I was uh, diagnosed with um, ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder as people probably uh, more commonly know it. Um, over the years, I've gotten to know my own mental health pretty well and ways to um, you know, cope with it, especially as it relates to anxiety in particular. I remember once saying to my therapist, can I keep the creativity and lose the anxiety? And he said, well, you'll have better luck with the former than the latter. But uh, it's been going okay. So uh, that's been interesting. Um, some of my hobbies are uh, I'm a professional photographer. And I've had uh, some of my pictures in, in various magazines, so I've been pleased with that, and that certainly helps with the creativity aspect. Um, I also enjoy um, swimming and hockey, tennis, nature, cooking. I love music, cycling. I enjoy good food, and I also um, do a lot of mindfulness meditation. So uh, all of those sports are helpful with the uh, hyperactivity, as you can well imagine. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's who I am. And uh, I've been working most recently obviously with youth. It's been really uh, an interesting and challenging experience and I've um, learned a lot from the clients that I've been working with.
0: Well, that's awesome. You sound like a nice, well-rounded individual. You got your sports, your nature. That's awesome, good for you. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned that you are a peer specialist. So can we just start off by defining exactly what that is and what your role entails?
1: Okay, so a peer support special is essentially uh, someone who has uh, lived experience, but who has been trained to support those who struggle with mental health, uh, psychological trauma, and even um, substance use. Peer support specialists have personal experience, and I think that's what maybe distinguishes um, peer supports from, say, mental health workers or nurse practitioners. Um, so with the lived experience, um, you're able to provide I guess the best way to describe it is that you you can relate based on your own, your own personal experience. So you do have some lived experience and for a lot of people that can be extremely helpful back in the eighties. There was support groups of all various types. And one of the benefits of those support groups were they had a greater understanding of what it was that individuals were going through based on their own lived experience and could help others who were maybe just at the beginning of understanding their own mental health. And, you know, I mean you think of support groups like AA and um, various support groups um, that people can access. So a peer support, basically a peer support person can draw from you know, some of their own experience in order to, to help other individuals. So basically as a peer support specialist working with youth, my uh, focus is to um, help improve communication and raise self-esteem and reduce anxiety and depression amongst uh, youth, and also support youth who are experiencing various types of mental health issues through uh, counseling and ongoing support.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's more important now more than ever, especially with everything that's going on in the world.
1: Yes, there's no question. I mean, I think that we're all at a point where we're dealing with uh, pandemic fatigue. And, uh, you know, I don't think we've ever experienced anything quite like this in our, in our lifetime before. So it's definitely a time for showing a lot of self-compassion and a lot of self-care. And the lack of uh, in-person engagement from the youth in particular has been really difficult and has led to a lot of uh, anxiety and uncertainty amongst youth.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that too, with youth, like not being able to socialize at school or do their sporting activities. I have a younger brother who's 12, so I see it in him. And it's just tough that they don't get to do what normal, everyday kids used to do.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was young about, well, quite a few years ago, um, you know, my uh, peers were everything and I think well the youth you know um, even back in the day we would see ourselves in relation to our peers and so that lack of engagement is huge so you know people are having to do things virtually but that's not nearly the same as being able to contact you know in person with people
0: yeah absolutely so what is Moby's who you work for if you can just explain who you are what you do and all that
1: Okay, sure. Well, um, Mobis is, um, the definition of Mobis is uh, the Mobile Outreach Bus York South Simcoe. So we have a bus um, that's that's quite a large bus, and it's a mobile uh, youth walk-in clinic, and it offers a safe uh, space to talk to a medical or mental health professional uh, in a welcoming and friendly environment. Our mobile walk-in clinic is staffed by a nurse practitioner, youth mental health worker and peer support specialists. Our services are 100% free. Um, It's a very caring and non-judgmental environment and um, a health card is not required and there are no uh, referral uh, requirements. Now, we've had to do business differently since the pandemic. Uh, Obviously, we're not able to go out uh, in the the bus to meet uh, youth in, in person, which we had benefit of doing before whether it be in schools or whether it be in, um, you know, community centers or, or those types of settings. So we've had to um, change our, our way of working slightly. And, and one of the ways we've been able to do that is through we have a new uh, virtual clinic. So we are currently offering online virtual drop-in clinics via Zoom Thursdays from uh, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. for youth aged 12 to 25. So the new um, virtual dropping clinic it does not require an appointment or health card as, as I said and is completely free of charge and then uh, so when youth join via the zoom they will be directed to private breakout room and to be seen by a counselor peer support worker or nurse practitioner depending on whatever issue or concern that they have. so I can pass along to you at some point uh, the phone number as well as the uh, the link for that so you know there's everything, From whether it's regarding birth control, STDs, pregnancy, feeling down, anxious, coping with drugs, alcohol, um, whatever the issue is, we are here to support individuals um, in a caring uh, manner. And I I happen to work with a really great staff, and they're all very compassionate and caring people. And so, you know, I really uh, encourage uh, youth, if you are dealing with any mental health related issues, to, to reach out.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like an amazing opportunity for youth. And I know when Devin from CMHA first told me about this, I kind of thought like, "Wow, what would that be like if I had this when I was younger?"
1: Well, that was one of the reasons that motivated me to apply for the job. As a matter of fact, because I I thought the same thing. I thought, "Wow, you know, if I had the access to that kind of service when I was uh, in school or or younger, uh, it would have been tremendous." Because you know, it's really one-stop shopping mental health that is coming to you as, as opposed to you having to reach out for it so that you know it's a really unique service in that regard
0: especially with how difficult it is to even access therapy or counseling like outside of this so that's awesome Absolutely. that everything you need is right there
1: yes i mean with the um the the, the waiting list that people have to deal with you know trying to access various types of therapies. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. it's um, it's needed and it's it's a really, really good service.
0: So how do you personally think that Mobi's has impacted youth mental health in our community?
1: Well, I guess um, you know as I said, I think that the um, the pandemic fatigue has been huge on youth. and I think you know we've seen an increase in anxiety in youth. We've seen an increase in depression. And so um, I think you know one of the ways um, that MOBIES is able to help is that we're able to improve and help people with their communication skills, greater self-acceptance and self-esteem, uh, have a better understanding of their mental health issues and ways that they can healthily cope with those mental health issues. Also, we uh, look at how we can change some self-defeating behaviors. Um you know, as I said, raise self-esteem and also help people regulate their emotions better, whether it, you know be sadness or what whatever it is, and also relief from you know depression, anxiety, or any other mental health condition that they may have. And so, at the end result I think is increased confidence um, and decision-making skills, but also a better understanding of what it is that they're dealing with.
0: Yeah, and I think that's super important, especially at that age. Like you don't really know. There's all these hormones, and you don't know how to regulate what's going on and how to differentiate normal from abnormal.
1: Right, yeah, and that, that's it. And I mean, you know, in our society, we are not always encouraged to talk about, you know, our feelings or what we're going through, but no one should really have to suffer in isolation uh, if they're struggling. You know, I always say that, you know, reaching out for help is a sign of good health, and that, you know, it's something that I, I always applaud. The youth that I work with for having the courage to um, to make the call, to reach out for help, because I know sometimes people find it a little bit difficult and, you know, they convey to me that they're nervous or, you know, they're, they're sort of apprehensive and it took them a long time to get there to sort of make the call, but often they're glad they did.
0: Yeah. And asking for help is still so stigmatized. Like You can't openly say, like, I'm going to therapy or I think I need help. Absolutely. There's still that little, like, twitch of, like, yikes, you know?
1: Yes, you're you're absolutely right, Angelica. Like, to be honest, mental health can happen to anyone at any time. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that we should be able to talk about freely um, and also access help and not feel, as you said, the, the stigma that's attached to it or the stereotyping.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so personally, what do you love most about your job?
1: Um, I, I love working with the youth because, um, you know, I, I worked with a combination of youth and adults for 23 years in my previous job. And it's it's really amazing just how insightful um, the youth are and and how forthcoming and, and intelligent and courteous and respectful. Um, so that's been really, a, really a cool thing to see, you know, like I wasn't sure what to expect initially. and. Because I'm doing things virtually, it's a little bit difficult. Um, you know, because you don't have the, again, the in-person, uh, you know, sort of engagement. You don't always see the body language. Sometimes you're on the phone. Sometimes you're doing it virtually. But yeah, it's uh, it's been exciting, um, really challenging. Um, you know, it's a different way of doing work, but it's still work that's being done, and it's being done effectively. So yeah, I, I really, I really had a good time, and working with some great staff and um, although it's been challenging it's always rewarding and i learn a great deal from many of the clients that i work with
0: yeah i think that's amazing and we can learn so much from kids like they're growing up in a completely different time again especially now and they can teach us things that we would never think to imagine
1: it's absolutely true yeah i mean uh just uh you know a lot of the um, social media and things that uh, youth have to deal with today that you know i, I certainly didn't uh you know, and, and Social media is here to stay, um, so is the internet. Uh, it's not going away anytime soon, so I think that um, you know th- those present their own challenges, but yeah, you're absolutely right
0: absolutely um, so we got a couple questions from some of our listeners that wanted to ask aPR specialist for your opinion okay, so what do you think are some of the best ways to support a loved one who is going through a hard time mentally
1: okay, so um, The best way to support a loved one who is going through um, a difficult time with their mental health is acceptance. I think that is the the most important thing um, as a starting point. Um, The person could be, you know, your brother, your mother, a grandparent, sister, loved one. So, yeah, I think it's important to educate yourself. Find out what it is that that person's going through and educate yourself as much as you can. I know that there's challenges um, with that, but the more educated you are, the better. Certainly learn as much as you can, but also, you know, I think one of the most important things that I would recommend to anyone is simply listen to the person. They will tell you everything that's going on. And you you don't always need to respond or say something, but that support that you provide to them is invaluable. And as I said, mental health can happen to anyone at any time. And, you know, I always applaud, I think of someone like Brian Burke, for example, you know, um, supporting, he, you know, his son and but also championing him. And I think that's what we need to recognize is that even though people have uh, mental health issues, they, they need support and acceptance. Acceptance is huge. That's what we all want. That's what, that's what we all need. You know, we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted unconditionally. And so I, that's what I really encourage everyone to do is, is just to, to be there.
0: Yeah. And I think especially with mental health specifically, a lot of these disorders come with like a voice in your head that you can't really turn off. Um, so like for my personal depression, like there's a voice telling me all these negative thoughts that I can't get away from. So getting that outside support and acceptance is super important for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, because of all of the stigma and the stereotyping um, people are, are often more harder on themselves because of it you know and so i mean one of the things that we try to do is we try to you know encourage people to flip that script and do the things you know like t- you know learn to you know some self-affirmations and telling yourself that you love yourself you're important you know that you matter uh and that people love you you know what i mean it takes a little practice and you know it's it's something that i as i say almost unfortunately we have to do because when things occur, we support. It. Uh, we want to support each, each other, regardless of the circumstances.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so, when should someone seek help for themselves? What are some signs to look for?
1: Okay, um, some of the signs that you might see um, typically would be some dramatic uh, sleep and appetite changes, or you know, decline in 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 either or uh, might be um, maybe some rapid uh, mood changes. Shifts in, in emotions, you know, you might see someone who's, you know, maybe depressed and staying in bed all day or several days, something like that. Social withdrawal, if people aren't, um, you know, showing interest in, in typical activities that they would normally uh, engage in. Also, um, maybe they're um, not doing well in school. Those might be, um, you know, clues where maybe previously they were problems with concentration and, and memory and That's one of the things that i struggled with with the adhd was uh you know forgetfulness um impulsiveness couldn't sit still there was lots of different things concentration rem- remembering so there's things that you you know things that you can learn to, to be able to counteract those things um but you have to sort of practice that there also might be heightened sensitivity um Loss of initiative or desire to participate in, in, in activities, um, feeling of uh, disconnectedness, and then there's um, you know potential um, problems that people face. Panic attacks are, are really common, particularly with anxiety disorders. You know, so for some people, it might be a sense of unreality. You know, it, it really depends largely on on people's um, mental health issue. Because they're all varied in some degree, and all and all of them sort of present, you know, different types of challenges. So those are some some things uh, that you might want to look for. Um, Usually, it's it's you know things that you see that are unusual that you don't typically associate with an individual. Those those are signs to keep an eye on.
0: I'm going to kind of combine the last two questions here. But what if a loved one sees these signs? How do you think they should approach it? Like, what is the best way to say that to someone?
1: Well, there is no best way, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that's the best way because yeah. I think really that you know we're all looking for the perfect uh, words to use. But what I always encourage people to do is say, because I care about you, you know, and I've noticed some some changes. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. And I'm here to support you. And I you know, and I think to to reiterate that, to say that you know um, I care about you, I love you, I I, I want to talk. Uh, I'd like to talk to you um, about it. Uh, I think as long as you're, you know, open and honest with people, they'll be really receptive most of the time. I mean, uh, you know, as I said, there is no perfect way uh, to go about it. I mean, you're, you, you take a, a risk to some degree, but I think it's a risk well worth taking to be able to help a loved one. But I, I can't stress enough the importance of having that support element. You know, it, it's invaluable.
0: Yeah, and starting off by saying, like, I care about you. This is why I'm saying this, I think, is very crucial.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think so people don't feel defensive or, you know, because in some cases, you know, individuals, they don't really have an understanding of what it is that they're going through. Right. So if you if you have that support, um, you know, whether it's a close friend, whether it's a family member, a mother or father, I I call it whoever your crowd is, whoever you trust, you know, you know. And you know that you'll be supported. I think you know th- those elements are really, really important when you're when you're dealing with mental health.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I know CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's very complex. But if you could just give some basic, brief tips for anyone who is trying to build these skills.
1: Okay. So first of all, I need to say that I am not a cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapist, so I don't want to. Uh, so if I say things something out of the ordinary here, it's not because. Uh, well, I, as I said, um, Cbt is is relatively new to me, um, but it's cognitive behavioral therapy and there's a, a lot of real merit in in that type of approach of therapy because it, it's really um, restructuring or reframing how a person thinks and then looking at the behaviors and how they can change those behaviors. So from that perspective, um, you know it, it's really it's really quite good. So I mean some of the things that, in cognitive behavior therapy, that typically that we, they use is guided imagery is one thing, and also um, exposure therapy, which is exposing people to certain, say, fears they have, but in a supportive manner, uh, and not obviously all at once. I mean, it takes a, a while for, for people to work through their thought processes, but also, as I said, flipping the script. You know, the things that you tell yourself and, and then changing those things from, say, something that's perceived as negative into a positive. So those are some of the things that you can do with cognitive behavioral therapy along with, like, journaling is really important. Being able to write down how you're feeling, how you're responding to things, um, to-do lists. So it's a, it's more of a, a practical kind of approach. And there's also um, mindfulness meditation that it, that is used for cognitive behavioral therapy which is really really helpful there's something called box breathing where you breathe in I don't know if you've heard of this but you breathe in for four seconds you hold it and you pull it for four seconds and then you release it for four seconds until the air is completely out of your Mm -hmm. stomach and uh, it's that's actually it's technique that it's used by the uh, the Navy SEALs so they would know a thing or two about stress (laughs) presumably
0: yeah. And that technique there is something that I found has really helped me in very anxious moments for sure.
1: Me too. Yes. <laughs> I I actually discovered that uh, with the Oculus Quest virtual machine. Uh, and so that was really quite interesting. And uh, I've been using that a lot. So um, it's, hey, whatever tips and tricks you can use to help you um, deal with anxiety or depression or whatever it is, it's all good.
0: Yeah. And I like how you started off by saying that, you know, CBT is like changing your response to certain situations, behaviors, whatever it is, because that's kind of like what this podcast is revolved around, is just a way to change your perspectives and whatever positive light you can make out of things.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, it's like a carpenter, you start buying tools, and you keep, you know, adding to your your toolbox. And, and really, when you're dealing with mental health, all of these Tools and resources that you can access are all really, really helpful in terms of managing, you know, when you're going through like a difficult period or crisis or whatever it is.
0: Amazing. Um, So, lastly, if you had the opportunity to tell every single person struggling between the ages of 12 to 25 one thing, what would it be?
1: Okay, I think the one thing that I want to tell youth today is show yourself as much self compassion. As you can, take care of yourself, control the things that you can control. And remember this, asking for help is a sign of good health.
0: Well, I think that is super important. Thank you for sharing that. And you're welcome. (laughs) um, I will definitely link Moby's and the virtual clinic in the description where people can go onto the virtual clinic every Thursday, is it?
1: Uh, Yes, it's every Thursday um, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m.
0: And then hopefully if things start to open back up, you guys can get back on the bus and start visiting schools.
1: Yeah. So, well, that, that's that's what we're hopeful for. and uh, You know, if we think maybe by September, I think we're getting to the better part of the wave in the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, that's encouraging. And yeah, maybe if we can get out and start meeting people in September, uh, roughly around that time, that, that would be great. And of course, it'll be fantastic to see people. Uh, in yeah. person, rather than seeing them virtually or on the phone all the time, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'd appreciate that too. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on this week's episode. I think Mobis is an amazing resource, and peer support is something that's super important right now. So, thank you for sharing all your expertise and your history with this.
1: Well, thanks, Angelica. It's my pleasure. Um, uh, be safe out there, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll talk again soon.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Angelica.
0: I hope that you guys got a lot of great information from that conversation. I think that Moby's is an incredible resource and obviously they're operating differently now because of COVID, but I'm just thinking back to like high school and if this bus kind of did its rounds around York Region, South Simcoe, and students had the opportunity to walk in and talk to these professionals about physical, mental, sexual health that They might even be a little bit scared to talk to, say, their family doctor about. So I highly encourage everyone to utilize this resource if you fall in that age range and live in this area. I have the phone number and the Zoom link in my description. So Thursdays from 3 to 5 p.m. if you would like to drop in and talk to someone, get that support. It is 100% free. I think that everybody who is eligible should definitely use this resource. But besides that, if you're still listening to this episode and you don't even live in York Region or sow some goat or fall in this age range, thank you so much. I think that he gave a lot of great personal tips and signs to look out for. And I really liked how he said that, you know, like asking for help is a sign of good health because it shows personal growth, personal desire for improvement, self-awareness, and a whole bunch of other positive traits. I think it's been a really challenging time for youth. It's so strange to think that these kids can't go to school, can't socialize with their friends. You know, they're on a screen all day. Like, it's just not physically. It's not what they need for development. And I'm not even an expert, but what I've learned in psychology and developmental psychology, like, that's terrifying for social and cognitive development. Like, these kids are missing out on so much. And... I think it's so important that we support them and ensure that they have these resources to take care of themselves. And again, it's not just kids. These are university students. It's all the way up to age 25. So you could even be a fresh graduated out of university. This shit is tough. Like, this is not a quote unquote, normal experience that we're all going through. And the past year and a bit has presented several challenges for every single person living in this world as it was a global pandemic and had its different effects all around the world. So please share this resource with anyone who you think might need it. I think we could all use a little bit of extra support, especially right now. Again, I just want to remind you guys to please, please, please go sign up for my Mental Health in Motion team. You can go to the link in my description, again, it's cmhainmotion.ca slash therevolutionizedmind to register. Even just being a part of my team helps our team grow, so I really appreciate that. You can track your kilometers, hopefully be motivated to get active and maybe go for a run or a bike ride, things that you wouldn't normally do. As well, the donations really, really help and are going towards an incredible cause and helps to ensure that programs like Moby's remain free and accessible for all who need it. Huge shout out to Jamie for coming on this week's episode and to CMHA for supporting me and this podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. Before I end this week, I just wanted to leave you with a quote from Glennon Doyle to hopefully allow you to do some self-reflection. Listen, the reason we feel like we are failing at life is that we have the wrong job descriptions for the things we care about the most. We think our goal is to prevent ourselves, our kids, our friends, and our partners from pain, but that is not only impossible, it's not true. It is not our job to protect our people from pain. In fact, it is our job to point our people directly toward their pain and say, I see your pain and it's big but I see your courage and it's bigger. Your story is inside your pain. No story, no glory. So walk through that fire and learn that you don't need to avoid life's fires because you are fireproof. I'll see you all next week.